Leeds. Leeds are, well, falling apart again. But then again, if you huff and puff on Patrick Bamford, it will all blow down. You idiot. This is the Totally Football League Show. Sometimes in life, you just got to be honest and admit you're a glory hunter. Time to come back and make full body contact with the EFL or enough to go down holding your face. All's fair in love and war. Walking through unopposed into the studio this week, never one to go down lightly. Sam, stay on your feet, parking brother of Dean. Absolutely. Have you ever done Perfect. that? Oh, Not what? gone down too easily, but been part of a walkthrough goal. I haven't, no. <laughs> I'm just laughing at your defending, naturally, is what happened. Uh, Adrian's here too. You could have got away with it easy this week. I could have said maybe that Sam's a big Norwich fan, has been off celebrating all the joys of Norwich's promotion. Instead, I'm going to say singing like a canary, professional broadcaster, Adrian <laughs> Clark's here. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, thank you. Uh, how are you? Available for hire? Always. Good. Uh, no Joe Crilly this week, but it does mean, thanks to Adrian for this, we have Posh and Betts. He's very husky and joining us in just a moment. In honour then of, of Leeds allowing Aston Villa a walk-through goal, what was the funniest moment of that? Was it, in my, I'm just going to answer it for you, it was clearly Janssen trying to stop it, the only one that wanted to stop it. I think we've both got similar takes on it. I thought that Janssen was just posturing in front of the supporters. No, he wasn't. He was. He was. He wouldn't have gone for it. No, he could have made a tackle. If he wanted to tackle Hadoma, he could have cleared that ball into the stand. That was all for the supporters, that was. I thought he behaved badly. Obviously, we'll come on to Bamford. I don't think... I, I would imagine that neither of us have ever behaved in that manner. So hopefully that'll be rescinded for El Ghazi. And Bamford should face a ban. I'm not entirely sure it should be three games because I don't know what the precedent is, but certainly one or two games. And... And try and stop him from doing why, why it again. Should, why shouldn't it be three? Diving's two. It happens. Diving's two, though, isn't it? Yeah. Re- retrospective diving ban is two, and that's two what it, that's what he did. Yeah. So he he should miss the the last game of the season and the and the first one of the playoffs, shouldn't he? It, it was scandalous. It really was. If this doesn't get overturned, then then the whole committee, there's no point them existing really. So blatant, wasn't it? It, it was it was cringeworthy, and and this is it goes to show. Patrick Bamford is one is known, isn't he, for being one of the smartest, yeah. most well brought up, well mannered mm. young men in professional football, and even he is a master of the dark arts. So, like any professional footballer is capable. I think that's the lesson we learn from this of, of, of what, cheating. What stage in the fall is he thinking? What am I doing? <laughs> is, is it catching? Maybe the way the games evolved. These young players watching it on the on the continent and it, they it, they pick it up in their own game. I, I don't know. It's not something I've seen from him before um, I mean on the, on the incident when you've got two big sets of supporters and it's a fiery game end of the season I think the reason that the Leeds players didn't put the ball out because of the the, the crowd really yeah and I think that has an influence I'm not criticizing the crowd that's natural but obviously Villa put the ball out for a Leeds injury for sure a little bit earlier and obviously you could hear the disgust in the Villa supporters' voices when that happened. So the, you're swayed by the emotion in the stadium. So I can understand why Roberts did that because he didn't want to be the one to poke the ball out of play. Yeah. But click, I mean, in an ideal world, someone would have kicked it out. In, in my mind, I certainly would have when I was playing. But you, I can understand why that those circumstances unfolded. Really? You would have kicked it out? I would have done, I, yeah. This, I've heard many professionals well, over the past few days just say, 
Get on with it. Play to the whistle. There's a couple of the Villa lads actually pointing to where the previous incident was. They, they'd stopped. I mean, I think when that happens, you just have I to play. Context, play. Yeah, you're right to put it into context that they did it for, 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 for Leeds, Aston Villa, and they expected the same in return. It should always be the referee. Definitely. Yeah. And I think Aston Villa had, would only have themselves to blame for stopping. I think they were out of order for, for forcing the stoppage, so to speak, on the, on the face of it. But, but yeah, no, I think that Bielsa did the right thing and and it was, yeah, it was a fair outcome. But that's the other thing that's come off the back of it is whether it was his idea or whether <laughs> Dean Smith says to him, you can't do that yeah. and then it's translated. Well, it's going to go up anyway because they were so far behind on the goal difference and you wouldn't want to do that go up in that way or, or at least potentially go up and of course they might play each other in the playoff final and you wouldn't want that hanging over you he, would you he'd had to have been yeah. thinking about that in that two minute the melee yeah. that's ensuing on the on the touchline he has to be thinking we're going to be playing them our um, automatic shot is is gone so let's do the right thing here and, and with Spygate as well yeah. if that hadn't have surfaced early on in the season what would he have done? This is better than Spygate, though, isn't it? <laughs> it's not better than someone in the bushes, though. No. No, Can't no, be. No, no. <laughs> Two things I disagree with. I think both of you are absolutely lying and you wouldn't have put the ball out. And also, you said, in that situation, I wouldn't want to go up. Of course you'd go up. Of course you'd want to go up, regardless of the situation. Yeah, I just don't, I think the fallout would have been too big for, for this particular one. Uh, you had to do the right thing. It. You had to do it. And, and Sam's absolutely right about the pressure from the crowd. You wouldn't want to do it because... You you don't want the fans to to hammer you, and and also there'd have been a part of me if I was in, in click shoes. I said, no, you can't just stop mm. like that and, yeah. and bully me into it. I'm just going to carry on here. But because he did it, I think I think Bielsa did the right thing. Hurahan's got away with one too in the the melee afterwards. <laughs> so that was Aston Villa one, Leeds one. Let's get to the rest of it then. You're listening to the Totally Football League Show in association with William Hill. The ultimate glory hunters trail leads to the championship where it's hello to the Premier League for Sheffield United and Norwich, both promoted. But there's loads more to it than that, including that that walkthrough goal. So hold fire just for a moment. Bolton Brentford didn't happen, but Bassini's backing means apparently it will. He is in with the EFL, we believe, on Tuesday afternoon. We record this Tuesday morning and Bolton Brentford's not going to happen this week, but should happen at some stage. Clear. Staying down the bottom and Rotherham are down, relegated after West Brom came from behind to send them down. Sheffield United will play Premier League football for the first time since 2007 next season. Sheffield United 2, Ipswich 0. How warm a feeling comes from that? Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. I mean, I don't don't go too far. I don't think you're feeling especially warm, are you? Uh, uh, I am. Um, I am, yeah. No, <laughs> What am I talking about? Sheffield United. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah they're brilliant. It's been amazing, uh, the season. There's so many stories w- within what they've produced. Obviously, I think the system, first and foremost, has got everyone talking in the country because it's so unique. Maybe Berry in League Two have played a slightly similar setup, but no, they've been fantastic. And to do it the way they did against Ipswich with O'Connell doing one of those overlapping runs, delivering for Hogan, who another... Lad who's been really out on his luck in the last year or two. Chris Wilder's taken him in. He's taken David McGoldrick in and, and they've all come good for him. So it's a brilliant story. Love going to Sheffield United. It's one of the best noises you hear outside the Premier League. And they've thoroughly deserved their victory and to be in amongst, amongst the elite. McGoldrick was key for me. We'll talk through some of the other key players in just a moment. Sadly, you weren't available to do the interview with Chris Wilder, but producer Abby was. She spoke with the Sheffield United manager to discuss going up. 
how are you feeling, Chris? I imagine there were some quite wild celebrations on Sunday night. Yeah, definitely. I'm a bit fuzzy this morning. So, um, yeah, there was. It went long into the night and, uh, and rightly so. You're in the game long enough. When you have disappointments, you have to take them on the chin. But when, when you achieve what we've achieved, it's, it's uh, definitely got to be celebrating it, and, it, and we definitely did that. Excellent to hear. Are you surprised that it's kind of all done before the final weekend? Because it looked like it was going to go down to the wire, but Leeds have fallen short of expectations with some saying that they've bottled it. Well, I think that's that's really hard to, to talk about that, you know, to be in the race right the way through, possibly from a from a financial point of view. The, the three teams have not uh, chucked money at it. It's not been an open checkbook for certainly Leeds United and Norwich and definitely not for us. Um, the way we've gone about it, I think, you know, Strike says a lot for you know organisation, recruitment, work done out on the training pitch, and, and togetherness as, as as the group. And Leeds United have, have had that in in bundles. And uh, I'm well, obviously delighted that he hasn't gone to the last game of the season and to get it wrapped up in the manner that we did. And you know, unfortunately, the playoffs are, are, are there for Leeds United. But I, I think Marcelo's been a class act this this year, epitomised by what what events at Ellen Road yesterday. Talking about recruitment there, you've kind of kept the uh, League One promotion winning team fairly intact, kept that as the, as the core of Sheffield United. Do you think that same tactic can work now for the Premier League, bringing players up and through the leagues? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it worked for Burnley. The one that I always take inspiration from is what happened at Bournemouth with Eddie Howe and players that they had in, in League One. Obviously, they, they spent and improved you know, but the likes of Ariata, Charlie Daniels, Simon Francis, boys like that that you know were on the journey when it started in League One and, uh, and ended up in the Premier League. So it can be done. We know it's an enormous jump. We know survival would be the aim for us, and if we do achieve that, that'll be on a on a par with what we've achieved this year. So we're going to recruit properly, pragmatically. We're not going to take a wrecking ball to our to our group in terms of the recruitment, the approach of the. The, uh, the team will be the same, same attitude and, and see where it takes us. And if we can manage to upset a few teams and, and, and give it a go, then we might might just do enough to, to, to stay in a division. But that, has to, that hasn't been me being negative. It has to be, uh, that's just an honest view of, of how it's going to be. I suppose a lot of people, a lot of your fans are hoping that you might try and sign Dean Henderson permanently. Any conversations started there? Well, we've talked to Manchester United regarding, you know, Dean and his in his immediate future. So he's he's obviously their player and highly thought of and highly regarded England under twenty one and he's had a fantastic season for us yet again. To get Dean playing for us next year, that, that has started. But um, you know, he's 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 Manchester United's player and we'll take it from there. Adrian Clark, who's part of the show here, wants to know Ollie Norwood, sort of perennial Premier League bridesmaid, will he finally get his chance next season in the Premier League? <laughs> I would be such a, a ruthless, heartless manager if uh, if I if I, I did what the other two managers have done. But obviously, the other two managers had to do what they had to do. But Ollie's been brilliant here, so uh, yeah, he will play in the Premier League next year. And you know, he's been outstanding for us ever since he walked through the door. And you know, his record. You know, some, there's some great stories right away, right, right away through our, our group from the skipper, from David McGoldrick, Mark Duffy, Prescott, Cable, Scouts are playing at Anfield next year. And Ollie's is right up there in, in terms of free promotions in three years uh, for different clubs. An outstanding achievement. Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, yeah, great to hear that he'll he'll finally get his chance. Um, are you looking forward to uh, straight talking with the likes of Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, Unai Emery, just to name a few of the big names that you'll uh, be facing next season? 
yeah, we're getting invited to the office. Whether they come in or not, I don't know. I don't know what the protocol is there. But in the championship, majority come. It's a it's a ruthless league. But we go toe to toe with every every club in the championship, and uh, and our approach will, will be that we're not we know we're going to take some doings. We, we totally understand that, but. I think it's brilliant for everybody involved with the club, you know, to see these wonderful players at Bramall Lane and go away to these enormous historic football clubs and, and try and go toe-to-toe with them and, uh, and see where it takes us. And, and obviously, from a, from personally, it's great for myself and my, and my staff that uh, we're going to have to try and uh, pose a few problems for these uh, world-class, world-class managers. Absolutely, no doubt you will. Uh, let's just bring it back to the championship. The title is not out of the realms of possibility for you next weekend. Are you talking about that at all? Yeah, we are, yeah. We finished our League One campaign. We wanted to get 200 points. We wanted to, you know, uh, we got promoted with, with four games to go. Off the back of that, we wanted to keep Yammer down. Um, we want to go and win the league, you know. I'm, I'm always a, a big believer. I don't get the... Well, they're the best team in the division. They deserve to go up, this, that and the other. Uh, if you're number one, you're the best team. If you're number two, you're the runners-up and you're the second-best team. So um, we're trying to go all out to, to, to win the championship. Norwich have, have had an, an outstanding season. Daniel's a manager and a man I've got a huge amount of respect for what he's done, similar to what we've, we've done here in terms of recruitment. And uh, we're going toe-to-toe on 46 game of the season with an opportunity. And we've still got to go to Stoke, who've... You know, a big big club in this division. So we've got another big hurdle to get over on 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 Sunday. And if we do, and results go our way, you know, to win the to win the division will uh, will be a fabulous achievement and an enormous credit to to everybody who's, who's involved at the club. Good luck with it on Sunday, and uh, congratulations once again for your promotion to the Premier League. Thanks very much. Posh and bets with Chris Wilder. He says. He thinks the playoffs are there for Leeds United. I mean, there's so much in that. But on the subject of the players that he's brought up and through McGoldrick, mm. also Duffy coming from Prescott Cables, mm. he's moulded them. They buy into him. They play for him yeah. in in that sort of system. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think they covered it on the question, didn't they, the weekend? The number of players that were playing in League One, and it's, it's sort of more than half the team. So no, that they're. They're just in unison, aren't they? That's mm. Sheffield United. That's the that's what makes them so special, and I think that's why they've got the the best defensive record as well out of all the three main teams in the Championship this season. Thirty nine goals, Leeds forty seven, Norwich fifty six against. They're just together, and they, everybody knows their jobs. It's really fluent. That's why you see these overlapping fullbacks. They don't get caught out of position. They know that exactly the right times to do it. Yeah. Um, and the set piece goal actually the other day as well. I think that was deliberate as well. I know that he came off from the side, didn't he? Uh, was he having a drink, O'Connell? I'm not quite sure. But yeah, even that, I think, was a fine detail where he, he arrives late in the box. McGoldrick blocks off the marker and he, he knocks in the header. It's Yeah, they're all together on the same page. Great to watch. They're going to be brilliant in the, in the Premier League. And, and it was good to hear Chris Wilder say that players like Ollie Norwood will definitely get their chance. Yeah. And, and he also referenced Bournemouth. He has referenced Bournemouth as a role model. And I think that is exactly the sort of club that they should be looking to emulate. A lot of their players came through with them, minimal changes, and, and they've done just fine, haven't they? It's good of you once again to underline the fact that you asked the question that Abby then yeah, asked. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sam and I did also put questions <laughs> forward. Yours in particular, Sam, and you were talking about that that system. But on Ollie Norwood, again this week, has said that they haven't conceded a goal on the counter, which is yeah. is mightily impressive. Norwich and Sheffield United, are they going to do better in the Premier League 
than the three that have come down? Are they going to stay up and, and where do you see them finishing? Well, they can certainly learn from the mistakes of past and looking at Fulham, what they did last year. So, listen, the recruitment at Norwich has been sensational. It's been different from the way Sheffield United have gone about things. Mm. Well, polar opposites, really, because it's all players from Britain and, and Ireland for, for Sheffield United. So, I'm sure Daniel Farker will know the areas of his team. You want two good players for every position, basically, don't you? So Pukki would be an obvious one um, to get in a reinforcement there. Best free transfer ever. Best free transfer ever. And I would be, I don't know about you, Adrian, mm. but I would be very surprised if he stays fit next season if he doesn't get, what, 10, 12 Premier League goals? Yeah, I'm a massive fan. It's just, it's just, you can't put a value on his movement when you've got you've got a player that's so sharp mm. in and around the box there and makes such intelligent runs. They'll score at, you can score at any level. And what I'll also say about Norwich is they've got so many talented players that they, they'll arguably be just as suited to the Premier League. You think about the goals that they score, the likes of Brendia, Vrancic, Steeperman. They're the kind of goals that no Premier League keeper would stop. They strikes from outside the box, wonderful pass and move football. So I can see them being obviously far more entertaining than a Huddersfield or a, or a Cardiff. I hope they do well. He's done the same thing as Wilder in so much as he's shaped players that maybe you wouldn't have expected into different positions and, and within his system. On Pookie, they won 2-1 against Blackburn at the weekend. 28 goals, player of the year, PFA team of the year. What changed for Daniel Farker in so much as, I don't know that we were at the start of the season, but there were a few raised eyebrows at the way they started the season. Can you pinpoint a moment where you think it all started to click? Not really, but I've got a hell of a lot wrong on this show. But I told Welcome to the club. Jeremy, who's produced this show on a couple of occasions, back in, I'm going to say October, it could have been November, that Norwich would be promoted. Mm. And I'm not going to say there was a sophisticated stats-based argument that I'd uh, put together. I'd seen them twice in his first season at Carrow Road, and it was against lower league opposition, but they the brand of football was tremendous, and it was a bit safe. It was a bit sideways and back to the goalkeeper at times. But this year, when the new recruits from the continent got to grips with the league, you know, it started to be forceful forward passes. And the good thing about Norwich and what we've seen time and time again, I think he's improved them on the training ground, that's obvious, but was late goals yeah. and the resilience that they had. And it's not just booing it into a second striker. It was trying to play through teams. And I think the midfielders have been pivotal to that. We expected Leitner to come back in. He's not been able to come in. And Vrancic, Adrian spoke about last week. That was his first start against Blackburn since the 3-0 win over Ipswich, 10th of Feb. Nine goals, 10 assists from 37 Crazy. games. Crazy good. Which is incredible. And he missed all of pre-season and the first six games. So I think the improvement, especially in that midfield area, Godfrey as well, yeah. who we questioned early on, has been sensational. So the balance as well of those um, players from the continent and his, um, his youth. They'll be prodigies. horrible to play against in the Premier League. The way they counter-press, the way they win the ball back in, inside the opposition half and then have the talent to, to score goals. It reminds me a bit of Wolves. They're, they're not the same as Wolves, clearly, but but they've got the potential to be as awkward opponents for the big boys as Wolves has turned out to be. So I just think they need a keeper. I think a keeper and a centre-back and the rest of it, I wouldn't fiddle too much with it. Yeah, we didn't really touch on the fact, it was one of your questions about Dean Henson, the importance of him staying with Sheffield United as well, having that that rocket at the back. And Stuart Webber has got a lot of love as sporting director for, for Norwich this week. And I think rightly so in bringing those players in, but that combination with the manager and, and it seemingly working. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's just a bit of patience that's not been afforded, you know, across the levels this year. You could probably go back the last few seasons, managers getting sacked after five or six games after tough starts to the season. And and they didn't win, I don't think, uh, Norwich, the opening five or six games. So, yeah, they stuck with him. Um, They saw, obviously, the work he was doing on the training ground and the performances were there. And it's something that I'm sure... Me and Adrian both had banged into us by managers, you know. If you're performing well, the results will will turn. And Now, they've been sensational, Norwich, but with Sheffield United, they've had goals in the team, and that's just where Leeds have faltered. If you can get your top strikers consistently finding the back of the net, that is going to be the difference in the second tier. Yeah, the old basics. Uh, two unfancied sides vying for the title then. 22-1 to one Norwich at the start of the season for the title. Sheffield United were 28 to one, so above them, Stoke. I mean, who would have said Stoke for the title <laughs> right at the start? Have they deleted those podcasts? Yeah, hopefully. Although I think they're already favourites for next season. Oh, Stoke no favourites for the most amount of draws yeah. again. The only ones. Yeah. Should we go a bit sad now? Although pff, we knew it was coming. Goodbye, Rotherham West Brom to Rotherham. One a year after winning promotion. They're down and out, Rotherham United. Yeah, I don't think they need to hang their heads in shame, though. I think they've done really well uh, this season, Rotherham United. I think, yeah, Paul Warns has, has carried himself brilliantly. And, yeah, look, he had a very low budget. He didn't have players that with as much ability, I would suggest, as, as most of the rivals across the division. And he got they, he, he almost got the maximum out, out of his players, I would suggest. I, I don't think they, that he or the players need beat themselves up. They're very good at what they do in terms of causing chaos inside the opposition penalty box. Unfortunately, haven't been good enough, have they, in terms of keeping clean sheets? And, and that's the reason that they've gone down. And, and if they can fix that next season, and they won't concede as many next season because it's a lower level, but if they just, just fix up that end of the pitch, I can see them coming straight back up. Yeah, I gave everything at the Hawthorns. I had to feel sorry for them. I suppose the concern now is... Probably the the two chaps that have been their main source of goals and and quality really Volks and Ajayi. It's going to be difficult to keep hold of those two in particular. But he's had a set way of playing this year. It's normally been kind of four one four one. Big Smith as well. I think has had some admirers. Um, although he was guilty giving away the, the the penalty that got West Brom back in the game. But no, I mean Paul Warren is such a likable fellow and that's not just because he looks like me um, <laughs> another he, one yeah another one strong jeans um, and it was emotional seeing him at the, the full time whistle because they have seemed to have a fantastic bond between players staff and the supporters who gave them a you know kind of good applause despite the relegation so a shame but I think we probably predicted that a few weeks ago yeah he said a lot of my team were crying they've given everything for this great club there's no shame in what's happened in my opinion I'm really proud of the group Jimmy Shan, I was disappointed with us trying to get a foothold in the game and some rhythm. I think the team appreciated my frustrations at half time. Michael Appleton coming into West Brom as part of the backroom staff. Would you be a bit nervous if you were Jimmy? Not just Appleton, because my mucker Stephen Reed's gone in as well. And um what Jamie they said? and Jamie Smith. I exchanged brief well, I've exchanged a few messages with him, but nothing in particular about what's going on. But they've turned a corner. They've gone back to that three, five, two, being resilient at home. They'd lost five on the bounce, I think, at home, and they're coming from behind. That's three times now in the last series of victories at the Hawthorns that they've come back from behind. So I don't know. I think surely the final say has to be with the manager and maybe just to get a little bit more... Um, experience before the playoffs is a good thing for West Brom. I don't see what's wrong with it. No, I, I think, yeah, but if you feel that you need the additional help, and let's face it, this isn't a guy that's managed at, 
at this level before, and the stakes are massive yeah. for West Bromwich Albion. You know, just think, forget about you know the footballing glory side of it. Financially, the stakes are massive. The investment in in a couple of coaches to lend a hand, a couple of new voices inside the dressing room that will command instant respect. Appleton's been a gaffer. Uh, Stephen Reed is a very knowledgeable guy, likable fellow. I, I know Stephen as well. He's he's a good lad. Will the players be pleased that they've got these two guys in? Probably, and yeah. and for that reason, I think it's a good thing. I think it shows a bit of confidence from the from the manager as well. If you think of Chris Wilder again, I know I keep going back to him, but it was such a good interview, Abby. Uh, <laughs> With Alan Neil, you know, there's a combination that, that works. He'd gone in as his number yeah. two at Berry, mm. and now you have confidence in mm. that person that they'll turn around and tell you exactly what's what and, and give you that rollicking when you need it, I guess. I've always enjoyed what Alan Neil says as well. He seems like a really likeable bloke going back to, you know, a long time ago when I was playing for Swindon. And yeah, I mean, that's the important thing that Adrian just said there. Stephen Reid is a great guy. Michael Appleton seems very likeable as well. The players will enjoy having their input on the training ground. So I don't see any negatives at all. He clearly wouldn't have brought these chaps in unless he needed a helping hand. They've turned the corner, West Brom. I think they've got a bit of a, a problem with the midfield at the moment, it seems. Defensively seem a lot better. Uh, the two uh, strikers are two of the best at that level. If they can just get the balance right in the midfield, they're going to be really competitive in the playoffs. Who goes up from the playoffs? <laughs> oh, it's obviously incredibly difficult to call it. I thought, well, I think Leeds will go through. Actually, I saw enough in that that game against Villa actually that that because a lot of people were saying that they're gone, and I think that that their legs had gone to some degree. The Brentford defeat was awful, abysmal, really. But he changed it a bit in midfield. He brought Phillips back in, who did a great job on Grealish. I think he had Forshaw and Click in front of him. So it's a slightly more cautious central midfield that's probably going to work in the playoffs where you're playing better teams, where you can't afford to be too gung-ho. I think with Roof potentially coming in for a, a potentially suspended Bamford, it might just be on a little revamp that they need at the right time. I'd back them to beat Derby or Borough if it's going to be either of those two. And then it's... Probably Villa, because I don't think West Brom are quite good enough without the ball. So Leeds-Villa final, I genuinely think that's that's a 50-50. I'd probably go with Villa because of the Grealish and Abraham factor. I think that they're um, they're just different class, but but who knows? I think you just argued around from Leeds to Villa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> I, I, I would echo the last sentiments. I think Villa are going to win it, Villa-Leeds but they final. But they didn't, they didn't wipe the floor with Leeds, did they, no, at the weekend? No. So those that are saying that Villa are up if they go into the playoffs, that, that's nonsense. Uh, they've got to earn it, haven't they? Villa. Good. Uh, <laughs> odds are on their way, hopefully, as I look to posh and bets. Well, let's start off with the title. Uh, Norwich still very much odds on favourites. They are one to six to get the title. Uh, but Sheffield United, they can still do it if results go their way. And they are seven to two to take the trophy. And for promotion? And for promotion, it's Leeds who are still favourites, 13 to 8, and Adrian Clark's Aston Villa prediction and Sam Parkins' Aston Villa prediction. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And Caroline Barker's Aston Villa prediction. Thank you. Two to one. Clearly, if Leeds win it, I had nothing to do with that. Right now, that's all done and dusted. League One next, where nothing is certain yet, apart from what was already certain, and that was Bradford's relegation. I digress. Make this an every Saturday super with the Super Saturday Reloaded coupon from William Hill. Available in all William Hill branches across the UK. With more prizes on offer than ever before, your new Super Saturday competitions offer you the chance to win a share of £1 million and some additional extra goodies specific to your region. All you have to do is select the number of goals, corners and cards across three selected football matches. 
Super Saturday football and racing competitions are free to enter when you bet £10 at your local William Hill. T's and C's apply. You can find out more at williamhill.com. And remember, when the fun stops, stop. To League One then, and Luton gone for a Burton. They failed to seal the title or even to mathematically secure promotion after letting an early lead slip at Burton. Second place Barnsley beat Blackpool, so that promotion is in their hands as they join Luton on 91 points. At the other end, Plymouth, winless in their last eight, replaced AFC Wimbledon in the bottom four. Walsall and Scunthorpe, all realistically still able to catch Southend and find safety. I think we should start at the bottom and work our way up. Accrington 5, Plymouth 1, Derek Adams gone. One game to go, right decision? I think so. Maybe not the timing. It could have come a little bit earlier. I think me and Adrian have spoken often about a result, a resounding defeat that seals a manager's fate. Mm. Well, when you look at that in isolation, then you look at all the other ingredients that have been going on at Plymouth. It was a no-brainer, really. There's been fallouts with players recently, rumoured fallouts with Ladapo, who I don't think has been in his best form, but still leaving him out of the last two. And I understand he left Lemires out because of the pitch yeah. at Accrington, which he's been quite open so about. So their two top scorers were on the bench. Yes, the fallings out with the press, the fallings out with the supporters. He called them yobbish, yobbish yeah. early part of the season. So there's been a collection. But let's not forget that Derek Adams has done some really positive things at Plymouth. There's been a promotion, there's been a visit to Wembley and bringing in Lemires and, and Carey for mm. two and giving them the platform. But yes, 5-1 at this stage of the season against another team that are relegation threatened. Yeah, I, I think for me that was a no-brainer. It was the kind of performance that definitely gets a manager sacked. They, they didn't. Tr- they were almost non-trias from from what I saw of it. It was um, it was a really lazy performance. So players weren't covering each other's backs. It was one of those where you could see the body language was awful. And this, I mean, Derek Adams, they gave him a five-year contract, didn't they? Yeah. Was it less than a year ago, a five-year deal? And, I mean, and which, what he was in control of as well, all footballing matters, yeah, wasn't it? I mean, which league, which club, any club of the EFL, given given the history, given the track record, the nature of the, the industry, I mean, why would you ever give a five-year contract out? It's, it's, it's bonkers, really. Sam's right on the on the player fallouts. When you when you make those strange decisions, especially involving your, your main men, yeah, maybe he's overthought it a little bit there. I'm not sure, especially leaving a player out because of the pitch. I know. I'm, I, I, I'm not sure I'm having that in such a big, big game. I mean, that that pitch isn't helping anyone though, because Atkinson can't play either on it, and they've had a few high-profile mistakes. Oh, in the last oh few but they're weeks. still picking Billy Key and McConville. They're, yeah. they're, they're scoring goals on the pitch. Yeah, you don't just score headers no. do you see the goals yeah. I mean the Atkinson smacked a few, a few in the top corner McConville in particular have, have you it's either daft. of you ever sat in a dressing room where you've thought why has the manager made that decision <laughs> mainly because <laughs> yeah. you've been left yeah, out yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course but they, I don't know if this is that unique but uh, Paul Tisdale spoke early part of the season the, the low sun wasn't it at Exeter and the uh, the elements there and yeah. I think some managers will pick a team you know because of the, yeah. the conditions so but I, I don't know. Overthinking it. I think it is overthinking yeah, it, yeah. especially at this stage of the season yeah. with two to go. If you're playing close proximity, maybe over Easter or whatever last week, um, to reshuffle the pack. But yeah, because the importance of the game at Accrington seems very strange. On, on that, by the way, overthinking things. Kevin Bond, the new South End manager, came in for a lot of stick from the, from the fans for leaving out um, Sam Hart, who's the left wing back, who got Player of the Month for March. Okay, we're into April. Um, not, not, yeah, okay, late April. But this is a guy in form. He's had, he's had a great run of form, and he says, yeah, he was fit to play, but I felt we needed a slightly more defensive left wing back for this game. So he played Stephen Hendry, who did okay, I'm sure. But 
he hadn't started since January. It's just decisions like that yeah. when the when the pressure is on that gets fans to think: Do they really know what they're doing? Are are, are they keeping cool heads in the in this situation? And I would argue that that Derek Adams and Kevin Bond maybe um, didn't stay cool ahead of the weekend games. Rochdale won Southend nil. Southend mm. in all sorts of trouble. So we will come to them shortly. We're also going to hear about Wally Downs talking about conditions. I think he says that AFC Wimbledon handled the wind better <laughs> in their win at the weekend. Just finally on on Accrington Stanley Plymouth. 800 fans or so stood in the rain and went up there for Plymouth yeah. too. There's a point at which you've got to give a bit back to them. And I'm hearing that their game at the weekend is now almost sold out. So it's worked in that respect. Got the fans back on side. They're yeah. going to turn up at the weekend. Well, if any of the stuff... Well, I've read quite a lot of stuff and the, the fans seem galvanised and seem really up for the, the weekend, which they'll, they'll have to be. I believe Andy Holt gave them a free pint for their troubles yeah. getting up to um, Ackerton. So That's good. Nice touch, but yeah, I mean, McConville's got 14 goals now. He's actually just nipped in front of Billy Key and him and Clark on the other side, from an Atkinson perspective, so important that they took the burden off Billy Key and the majority of Key's goals have come from the penalty spot this season. So unbelievable achievement for John Coleman playing on that quagmire as well. There's a team, at least the manager, the chairman, the owner, that get the fans oh, 100%. And, and try and do something with them. Uh, FC Wimbledon 2, Wickham 1, with thanks to this hashtag from Good Brand Stats, downs but not out. All these stats on the Don. Six unbeaten, one defeat in 11, two defeats in 14, out of the relegation zone for the first time since October, and 10 goals in the last 13 appearances for Joe Piggott. Yeah, I wasn't sure about the appointment, but but hands up, hold my hands up here. Wally Downs has done an amazing job. He has clearly got the bond between the players better. Mm. He's made some difficult choices. He's changed the system, which I think shows that, that he's tactically aware and it's definitely worked for them. It means that some of his previous key men are not playing. I think Mitch Pinnock's been in and out of the team. He said he can't fit him in to the 3-5-2 and he's been a key man. So, so he... He's done that. He's made tough calls. He's got the players together. The Loney, the keeper, I think that was an inspired pick. Uh, Ramsdale, I think it was from Bournemouth. So look, he's, he, they seem odds on. We'll find out from Posh and Betts shortly, I'm sure. But uh, they've, they've, they've turned it around from being like 20 to 1 on. They're probably odds against now, aren't they? And looking at the games this weekend to uh, Bradford City... Wimbledon, Bradford, Bottom and Down. The Shrews against Walsall, Plymouth, Scunthorpe and Southend, Sunderland. Now that's dependent on what happens to Sunderland tonight with their catch-up game at Fleetwood. Mm. We're recording this on Tuesday. At Portsmouth, Peterborough also on Tuesday night. But Sunderland could go to Southend. Rest a few, please. Well, could or the flip around that is whether they go there and think, oh, good still go up automatically. Yeah, they'll. I think they'll. Long shot, though, yeah, it? they'll go all out to try and get the maximum points. I think, yeah. but yeah, the game at the weekend, I did them a little bit of a disservice. Um, the bright lights got the better of me Saturday night because um, I did watch that pretty much in its entirety, and I said it was a pretty even game. And for forty-five minutes, Sunderland Portsmouth was pretty even, but McGivery was outstanding for Portsmouth and on chances. Sunderland should have won the game and story of their season really certainly yeah. the second half too many 1-1 draws not building on getting an early lead and, and Catamol and Power dictated the midfield early on and they just lost their way and allowed Portsmouth back into the game so two points drop, dropped again for Sunderland how many times have we said that? And that's the reason why they're not going to go up automatically is they've got 35 goal difference Barnsley 42, Luton 46. Yeah, I told you they'll play the reserves at Roots Hall. I, I fancy Southend to win. I just think that, that it's set up, even though it looks the toughest game, 
I actually think that, that if Southend have the right attitude, they can they can tear into a, a depleted Sunderland and get the result they need. And I don't think Bradford away for Wimbledon, as much as I've just praised them, I don't think that's the gimme that we all assume it's going to be. So who goes down? I think there's a chance Wimbledon go down. Obviously, the winner of Plymouth, Scunthorpe, will will probably stay up. I think because Bradford have been hurt yeah. by their own relegation, they won't have any. They won't care. They won't have any effect about taking Wimbledon with them. No, any problem with doing that. Whereas other teams, how much are you motivated on the last day of the season when they'll have a big following and it means a lot more to the players? I've been away too long. You're both now heartless. <laughs> oh, we've always been heartless. Yeah. Let's get the odds, shall we, from Posh and Betts. Do I need to get like a little Posh and Betts theme tune? Going? No, because I hate myself every time I say it, so <laughs> no wonder what everyone else thinks at the yeah, Totally Show. They probably hate it. Scunthorpe are favourites to join Bradford going down. They are 1-8, Walsall 1-6, Southend 4-9, Plymouth 4-6 and Wimbledon are finally in the positive. They are 7-1. I'm not going to make a judgment on that. Instead, I'm going to head to the top where Luton, in my eyes, won it, what, four years ago? Yeah, but no, but now being two, Luton won. Tis the nerves? Yeah, definitely. And um, Although that's not an easy place to go to. It's not, and we've praised Burton so much this season, and they'll be strong going into next year's campaign. Midfield, really good, and that's where the game was won at the weekend. And Adrian's touched on the changes that Leeds made in their midfield and for me there's something similar going on at Luton and this must just might just be my call but McCormack's been sitting on the bench recently I just think they've got so many flair players in that lineup, and I'm not saying to drop Mpanzu but you can shift into the left of the diamond or the right of the diamond and get McCormack in there as well and I still think they'd create chances but because they're not so clinical blowing teams out of the water that 1-0 might be enough last five games they've been in front mm. and uh, they've only won one game so I just think maybe there's something in that. But also, those chances when you're flying and you've got a five, six-point cushion at the top of the table, you're freer when you're in on goal. Now it means so much at the business end, so defensively as well. And so I think there's a bit of tension there. But that would be one change maybe they could make ahead of the last game. Yeah, I, I would absolutely endorse that. The thing about Luton, they remind me a little bit. of You think about like an Arsenal team in their prime under Arsene Wenger. It's all about being free and the rotational movement in central areas. It's all about sort of playing with no fear. Mm. When the tension comes, that's when that team sort of misfires, I guess, because they have to be free. And clearly they're not as free at the moment as they have been throughout the season. And, and uh, they've been nullified as a consequence. So drawn, we'll have to lost, wait and see. One yeah. drawn, lost. I mean, pressure's on because Oxford won't give it to them at the weekend. They will not roll over. I think they've, they've, they've won six of the last seven, I think. That's right. said, yeah. But yeah. At, at home, although equally you might turn around and say, well, Oxford will go it's there. It's going to be a sellout. Yeah. And they've all turned up to see Luton lift the trophy at the end of the game. I don't know where the trophy's going to be. I don't know whether they've got a helicopter on standby. I know in the Premier League, they're, they're talking about a fake trophy, aren't they? They've got, yeah, they've got a fake one. Probably to Anfield, I would imagine. Um, but but yeah, so so I don't think it's it's certain. I mean, what a story that would be if Luton dropped out of the and top two. Just with what I was just saying as well, like, when you take out um, Hilton as well, mm. and Cornick's um, missed a few games, Loire Loire's done fantastically well, but... Doesn't help the rest of the lads if they're looking at the top end of the pitch and you've got Hilton and Collins, for example, who are just full of goals, out-and-out goal scorers. So it's just whether they can 
you know, be really clinical against Oxford and get the job done, you know, early because the, the crowd will be sensational. I've got to back them because my former club and I want them to do it so badly and I back Barnsley as well. So it's still the top two for me that are going to do it. Luton yeah. kind of got to approach it like Norwich did, getting yeah. it done oh, early. Get it done early, yeah. No, get on, absolutely. get that Just a quick word. I, I bigged him up a couple of weeks ago, Lucas Aikens. He's got 13 now for the season, scored twice. Yeah. Spent most of the season or half the season as a defender so what, what a guy and uh, yeah I agree with Sam next season Burton Burton will be decent you heard it here last elsewhere at the top then if you're looking at having some pressure and someone breathing down your neck then step forward Barnsley 2 Blackpool 1 and they have when you look at the, the greys and the reds and the one green in Luton's column at the moment it's all built to green for Barnsley yeah and they had their wobble and we were really concerned about them. The, the big injuries, obviously Moore's back now, Dougal out for the season. So they've had to adjust the midfield players a little bit the way that they've played. But that was a big victory. And yes, it was about Woodrow stepping up in, in Moore's absence and getting another fine goal. But I think the two centre-halves, now they're back in, in tandem. I think Pinnock was named the player of the year yeah. uh, prior to the game and Lindsay getting the winning goal. So, I mean, Pinnock is an outstanding talent and you know he really is a Premier League player in waiting in, in my eyes so they haven't been brilliant the last month but they've surprised me a little bit by just being able to grind out these results which Luton and some other clubs haven't been able yeah. to do and don't forget the keeper either uh, Adam Davis I think he's been um, outstanding for me it's always the second most important position on the pitch behind striker you've got a great keeper um, and at that level he is a great keeper I think he's made a big difference it's glorious that you could have Portsmouth Again, with their game in hand that they're, they're playing tonight, they could be on 93 mm. and not go up automatically. Sunderland as well could, could go level with, with Barnsley and Luton on 91 and not go up automatically. It has been a at both ends of the table. I think it's fascinating as well. And when you look at the men that are in charge as well, I mean, take Luton out of the equation because of the, their circumstances this year, but Barnsley put together a great squad. Kenny Jacket, League One expert, churning out the results not spectacularly early part of the season Sunderland and Charlton I suppose young management teams that have done fantastically well as well so we have been spoiled and I just think that they're very different but the consistency that they've all shown has been fantastic so it's going to be you know a great battle all the way to that player final Sunderland a 1-1 with Portsmouth Kenny Jacket was a very good point odds then for relegation we've done what about promotion Abby? So for promotion, it's still Luton who are favourites, one to thirty-three. Barnsley up there as well, one to ten. Then Portsmouth are ten to eleven. Sunderland seven to four. Charlton still obviously got a chance, seven to two. Doncaster four to one. And Peterborough are not out of it despite their best efforts at the weekend with their three-nil loss to Walsall, sixty-six to one. Anyone else want to call who goes up via the playoffs? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Portsmouth, because they've been to Wembley already and won. I'll say Charlton. I was going to throw Charlton in. Uh, Johnny Jackson, I heard him talking about it and he said that he had them down to go up automatically, again on the basis of the points that they would have got. Then they had a bit of a wobble and now they put this run back on as well. He just thinks that, that they'll be strong enough, but he would say that. He can't, the players can't hear him saying anything else. But when you think of what they've gone through off the pitch as well, similar, I guess, back to Sheffield United, and they've still not sorted out their, their ownership issues. But what he's done and what the team have done with that pitch, Lee and the team. It's phenomenal effort from Charlton either way. I think they might sneak it. Right, where to next? 
Hi, I'm Kate Borsay, host of The Offside Rule, and in our latest edition, we sent Lindsay Hooper off to West Ham to speak with defender Pablo Zabaleta. He told us all about playing under Maradona, West Ham's season and how they can achieve success. Plus, there's memories of his time in Manchester, including that fateful afternoon against QPR in 2012. When QPR equalised the game and then they scored the second goal, I thought, oh my God, I don't score many goals uh, during the season. <laughs> I did, that was my first one in probably the best game. In the end, which is we needed uh, Seco and Nawera to the rescue. To listen to the whole interview, just search for The Offside Rule in your podcasting app of choice and hit subscribe and download. That's The Offside Rule with me, Kate Borsay, out every Friday morning. League two and Yeovil's 16-year run in the Football League is over. At one point, Macclesfield, Yeovil and Notts County were all on 41, but come full-time, hope sprang eternal for Notts County and Macclesfield, both with wins. Berry, who began the day in second, saw their match at Tranmere called off due to a waterlogged Prenton Park pitch. The two promotion hopefuls now meet at 7.45pm on Tuesday tonight. But to the relegation zone, as Yeovil were the first side to lose their Football League status, 2-2 two, two away at Northampton... That two-goal lead, it was dramatic. Yes. It had a bit of everything, but ultimately, <laughs> gone. Yeah, gone. It is a shame, isn't it? 16 years in the league. I, I played against them when they came up from the National League. They were a special team with Lee Johnson in there. Darren Way played as well. Uh, Michael McIndoe, uh, was it? Adler, the late Adam Stansfield, what what a striker he was. Absolutely. So, so no, it is really sad because they, they were up in the Championship. And that and that's how it can spiral out of control. They just, I mean, did they did they hang on to Darren Way too long? Maybe, but yeah, the the budget wasn't big. The goals ran dry. Momentum wasn't with them. But yeah, I, I've been feeling for a few weeks that Yeovil will definitely go, and it'll be down to the other two. So yeah, it is a shame. I just thought that fixture was a bad one for them. Northampton. Yeah. Strong team up against a really youthful team. I think in the end, they just sort of, not bullied them, but they, they overpowered them in the second half. The real difficulty, and they probably won't even want to think about this now, but the National League is not easy no. to get back out of. Oh, no. And you just wonder how, whether they think yeah. about going down, sorting everything out, consolidating, or whether is that desperate push to try and get back up again. Yeah, I mean, and you have to see what the managerial situation yeah. will be. I mean, like Rotherham, though, I watched a lot of this second half. They gave absolutely everything, and... The most interesting thing for me, which Adrian just touched on there, was there was loads of experience on the Yeovil bench, but the starting 11, the oldest player was 23 and the average age was under 22. So, I mean, you could look at it both ways. That They got a 2-0 lead for one, but just that game management maybe in the in the second half found wanting it was a, a bit of a comical own goal and then they just handed Powell an opportunity to, to equalise. But it's been tough for them. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens, but I think it's that you know, managerial, who's going to be in charge next year and what way they're going to go about approaching the season. Quick word on, on Leighton Orient coming back yeah. up as a result. Over 8,000 at Brisbane Road. Yeah. You know, they look well prepared. For oh, them. yeah. Well, it goes to show, doesn't it, that if you do go out of the, the EFL, it's not the end necessarily. We no. also saw Torquay and Stockport get promoted back to the National League. So they're Let's on the, not talk about Torquay. They're on the way back. Going up from the National <laughs> Sorry. But no, it just, just goes to show, if you get the right owners, the right manager, goodness me, Justin Edinburgh, yeah, success usually follows him around. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they've, they've had a, 
We talked about the championship strikers. Macaulay Bond has been the main man. But they've had the blend, I think, when you look at Leighton Orient. It, they've got the most solid defence as well in mm. the league. So, so at both ends of the pitch, they've been, been excellent. And uh, I think... I think they've got a good chance to, to thrive in League Two next year. Seeing as you did bring Torquay up, uh, Chelmsford City are in the semi-finals of the National South against Welling next Sunday. Notts County, life still in them. Notts County 2, Grimsby 1. Port Vale nil, Macclesfield 1. For Macclesfield, I just think they've got enough now. I think they'll be all right. Does anyone want to disagree with No, me? I agree. They've lost only two out of their last 13 at home. So I feel they'll get the point that they need against Cambridge. That said, you know, Swindon have lost their last two and quite badly. Mm. Notts County go there at the weekend. So I could see both the teams getting points. But obviously that will mean that Macclesfield stay in the league. And, you know, like some of the other teams that have appointed new managers, Sol Campbell's stuck to assist in the last few games and, and has had a lot more joy. And He's been quiet too. Yeah, yeah he has. It. And it was a fantastic goal, actually. Yeah, um, they got the, the winner at Port Bell t- terrible conditions it was soaking from start to finish really abject first half but second half I think inspired by uh, Reese Cole who came on and had a really good cameo Smith could have made it more comfortable afternoon but a good result for Macclesfield and yeah I I really believe they'll get the job done now they're not, they're, they're not an unattractive team to watch actually under Sol Campbell either no. I mean I looked at the stats on this guy obviously saw the highlights but the stats I think they had seven shots on target to Port Vale's one away from home, in a match that they know they probably have to win. They played, not in a liberated way, you saw more of it than me, Sam, but, but in the second half, when the heat was on, they weren't racked with nerves. So that, that bodes well, doesn't it, ahead of, ahead of the shootout against Cambridge, who I wouldn't have thought would put up much resistance. Colin Calderwood, of course, uh, former Nottingham Forest manager as well. But, but yeah, I'm sure they'll do their best, Cambridge United. They'll, they'll be professional I can't see Macclesfield mucking it up now. See, I'll just gloss over the Calderwood uh, reference. We'll just let him there. I'm sure, as you say, they'll be professional. Macclesfield are just outside then the relegation place, 43 points. Notts County on 41, two behind. And really what could do for Notts County is five games ago, they picked up a draw when Macclesfield picked up a win. Ultimately could be a difference come the end. Yeah, impressed with him come the end of the season. And I wonder if will be enough for him if he does Sol Campbell keep them up and I'm loath to keep talking about Sol Campbell Macclesfield TM but if he does keep them up whether he then sees it as a project he wants to continue or whether that might give him enough ammunition to move on that's really interesting yeah it'd be completely up to him I suppose if he wants to have a pre-season uh, if they remain in League 2 put together a better squad and have a, a better go at it next year or whether his stock's already high enough mm. considering they're on the verge of the great escape to get a, a better job only he will know probably what's um, the options available to him but he's done fantastically well and we weren't too hot on him when he got appointed but I mean it's just shown you how difficult it's been I mean Neil Ardley the the, the job that he's had to, to try and do at Notts County, the, the state that that place has been in, you know, John Stead coming out last week and saying they should never have sat Kevin Nolan. Mm. I don't think he played at the weekend, so uh, he's probably best kept, kept in it zipped um, last week. But you just look at Notts County and you think maybe Neil Ardley was better waiting for a club that was in, in, in better shape than 
than counting. Yeah, it's difficult though, isn't it? When you it see is, all these yeah. managers that are floating around and, and they have such a, it's the Alan Kerbishley way, isn't it? You've got such finite time to actually get back into work. Definitely. And, and Sol, going back to Sol, if he does get the whiff of interest from elsewhere, I think he has to be quite cold and ruthless about it because Macclesfield, let's face it, they're never going to have a huge budget. They've had financial issues with wages, haven't they? Of players yeah. being late this year. If that's going to be the case moving forwards, it wouldn't surprise me if he if he was to move on and take the opportunity because it can turn around, he could stick in the job, be loyal, and then it could all go pear-shaped and his managerial career and the praise that we're lavishing on him now be forgotten. I need to make a noise, something like, ah, isn't it? Because we've talked for about four hours and we still need to mention the promotion chasers. Oh. Tramway's home clash with Berry postponed then with that waterlogged pitch that'll be played. Tuesday, a win for the Shakers will secure their promotion to League One. It was Mansfield 1, Stevenage 2, Colchester 2, Milton Keynes 0, Exeter 1, Oldham 0. Looking ahead then to this weekend, I mentioned the games on a Tuesday night, so it's all Tuesday night dependent, possibly. Uh, looking at it though, Yeovil, Carlisle, Carlisle maybe a little bit shaky, Lincoln, Colchester, Macclesfield, Cambridge United, we've already talked about, Swindon, Notts County, any of those games you want to look at? Forest Green Rovers, Exeter. I'll just name them all. Yeah, I mean, Forest Green are secure in the playoffs, aren't they? And Exeter, um, still huge pressure on them to get the job done with a few uh, on their tails. Newport have got the, the game in hand. So they're in a great position. I saw Newport a few weeks ago and I didn't envisage them getting this close. So still all to play for, but I'll back another one of my former clubs, Exeter, to get the right result at Forest Green, considering yeah. their position. Yeah, they've got a chance. MK Don against Mansfield is obviously the biggie, isn't it? It's, it's, it is a shootout for, for third place, pretty much, or we, we expect it to be. Tranmere could obviously um, nip in. And who will it be? I, we made our predictions a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? I think I said Mansfield would, would do it. I'm going to stick with it, even though they're away. MK Don, that was a pretty pretty insipid effort at Colchester United, wasn't it, last time out? And I think Mansfield were beaten by the brilliance of... Um, Elias chair, weren't they, at the weekend? So, um, so yeah, that's going to be the game to watch, I think. MK Dons, for me. <laughs> We've stuck our decisions on that a few weeks ago, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we yeah made our bed with that yeah. one. Opposite sides of the fence. Yeah, I, I, was I obviously th- listened Yeah, and remember that. <laughs> Clearly. Bottom end of League One, it's going to be really hairy at the weekend. Um, so keep your eye across that. All the games, obviously, 5.30 kickoffs. I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that Southend, my former club, will will do the business against Sunderland. And, yeah, if they do, then they can they can kick on from there. But it, it was a good chance, I think, that, that Southend might go down. It's going to be really hairy. That's what two months off will do for you. Uh, all in all, next week's show will be mega. I think I might take it off. With thanks to Sam, Adrian, Chris Wilder, Posh and Betts. It'll never work. And to you for listening. Until next time, bye-bye. You've been listening to the Totally Football League show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddyneesmedia.com and be sure to check out our other football shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audio Boom, and everywhere else you get your audio on demand. Supporting your team can be a beautiful thing, but then come the injuries, the goal droughts, and the downright disastrous defeats. That's a little bit like life, really. And here at the Totally Football Show, we believe we should all support each other the way we support our team, through the good days and the bad. And that's why we're continuing to work with Calm, the campaign against living miserably, a charity dedicated to preventing male suicide. On average, 12 men take their own life every day in the UK. So that's your starting 11 and your manager every single day.
And part of the problem is that many of us still feel uncomfortable talking about mental health and suicide, and this can often stop men from opening up and getting support when they need it the most. So if you're worried that someone close to you is having a tough time, check in with them and let them know that Calm is there. Every day from 5pm till midnight, Calm provide a free, confidential and anonymous helpline and web chat for any man who needs support. Visit thecalmzone.net to find out more about Calm.